Hello everyone and welcome to the first ever House of Decline clip show. A best of episode that I assembled today. We are both going on vacation, I myself, to Cape Cod to find the most expensive lobster roll, and Alex is going to the North Pole to find his father. Please enjoy the following clips, which are separated by a snippet of our theme song, as is the custom, and as always, visit patreon.com slash houseofdecline for more podcasts and comics. It's vamping, I don't have any banter to go on, so I'm just singing, just singing my song all day long, singing like a master chef. Um, you know what movie is fucking insane if you just think about it a little? little? Remember the movie Invincible with Mark Wahlberg, which is all about the veneration of a fucking scab? Um, doesn't he take some kind of pill for that? Invincible? What? What? What is Invincible? No, you're thinking of Limitless. Oh. That's the one where Bradley Cooper takes Super Adderall and becomes yeah, an ultra yeah. author and stock investor. And Robert De Niro really phones it in in that movie. I'm talking about Invincible, the one which is the movie about uh, Mark Wahlberg, and he plays a, a barkeeper who the NFL players are on strike, so they start holding drafts for regular-ass Joes, and he makes it. Okay. So it's a, all about a movie about how scabs are good. Yeah, I see. It's Oh, I want to watch this. It's set in 1976. <laughs> yeah. And it's a Disney movie? And it's Mark Wahlberg and pretending to be in 1976? That sounds hilarious. Oh, it's 1976 Mark Wahlberg. I'm wearing bell bodies just like Boogie Nights. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Greg Kinnear's in it? Mm. Uh, sounds Greg like a Kinnear. good one. Yeah. Actually, Invincible. What I've been watching is 90 Day Fiance. That, that's a classic of trash. Have you seen? I've heard it's good. Yeah, watch no, it. No, what is the premise? Highly it's, recommended. It's just a bunch of like horribly awkward incels and a bunch of Russian and Malaysian ladies and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, but they're not horribly awkward incels. There's like one per season, but it runs the gamut. It's, you know, the K-1 visa uh, is what you get when you um, are marrying to come to America. You have 90 days to get married, and it's 50% fake, I think, or scripted by TLC. Mm-hmm. It's got that scripted vibe, but it's just wacky enough to be addictive and crazy, and I recommend mm-hmm. it. It's on Hulu. Okay. Please we don't sponsor get us, Hulu, Hulu. in Canada. What? Oh, you don't get Create Hulu? Create a Canadian Hulu. <laughs> it's probably on Canadian Hulu. I mean... We don't have Canadian Hulu. What? We don't, we don't got Hulu up here. What? Dude, the internet is... What? Just go... Just get a VPN. I guess I could get a VPN. Yeah, get a VPN. I'll get a VPN. The country's... Express VPN. Sponsor it. Yeah. I miss it. I miss fainting. When did you... Were you... Did you frequently faint? When I would wear floral dresses growing up in the (laughs) south, I would often be taken to... fainting Fainting on the divan. Uh, Oh, my... (laughs) I've heard the most ribaldrous claim. Well, that's not the same. Um, oh, my. I've heard the most ribaldrous claim from Lord Clancy Southernbottom. <laughs> he says that the pecans are due in July this year around. My I my. cannot abide by late pecans. <laughs> I shove them in my pussy for goodness. <laughs> Sorry, that right, begins the candying there. process. <laughs> Lady Fairfax Weatherby. (laughs) 
Come at me, bitches. <laughs> I'm Lady Fairfax Weatherby. My bustier will be your bonnet. And I will carry you like the bee in her egg sack to the friendly flavor of Georgia. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm Very really good. inhabiting this person. I really want to be a uh, lady. What did I call her? Lady Fairfax Southern Bottom? Or lady Fairfax Weatherby? Weatherby? No, Lord Southern Bottom. Lord Southern she was, Bottom. She, she, uh, Lord Southern Bottom informed Lady Fairfax Weatherby that the pecans oh, would be right. due in July. The pecans are going to be due in July. And the candying process will be very late as a result delayed. of it. The candying and process. And that's will much be to the chagrin of Lady Fairfax Weatherby, mm-hmm. uh, dowager of the of the Goober Plantation in uh, Ogrethel, Kansas. Og- oh yeah, Ogrethel, Kansas. And of course, uh, Lord Kansas. Southern Bottom is coming from the swampy. Uh, mucks of Louisiana. As that would be, that would actually be like a southern fantasy novel, where it's <laughs> like uh, I guess that's what True Blood kind of was, oh, but yeah. it's like it's more like Lord of the Rings, but set in the Deep South. Yeah, True Blood is is uh, Tolkien in the Deep South. Yeah, True Blood is absolutely Tolkien in the Deep South. That's why there's so many hobbits. But I like the idea of a bunch of dandy Louisiana hobbits. Now, come here and we've prepared a very nice gumbo for you. <laughs> I guarantee these Cajun hobbits. We are short people and they have hairy feet and play the accordion. No, I guess the the Zydeco dwarves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea if we were having Southern Lord of the Rings. So the QAnon belief that Hollywood is like a pedophile ring, it's not that far off from reality. You know, it's not. Doing Marge. A lot of these things they say aren't <laughs> <Homer>. stretches. Homer. <laughs> Kamala Harris. Yeah. I'm fucking blowing Joe Biden every day. <laughs> I gotta keep him taut. We only get three more adrenochrome shots until he turns into an, a zombie from Dawn of the Dead. Uh, this is my Kamala. This is my canonical Kamala Harris impression. She doesn't sound anything like this. No, but people have said she sounds like Marge Simpson. She doesn't. Not at all. No, not at all. Absolutely not at all. But this will be my Kamala Harris impression. I wish I could do. <laughs> oh God, I'm working a lot. Oh boy, this whole weekend of being Joe Biden's puppeteer was a bad life decision. This will impact my career negatively. For the debates, Biden pulled out a pack of cigarettes and just started smoking. And it's just like, mm-hmm. just like said a swear word, like, fuck it, man. That fuck would, it. Come on, man. I'm 82. Would, I don't give a shit. Yeah, he goes yeah. full Bullworth. Starts yeah. doing rap lyrics. Oh, man. Doing like, doing like uh, East Coast rap from the 90s. Yeah. Now, this is a song by the Wu-Tang Clan called uh, uh, um, uh, The Mystery of Chess Boxing. <laughs> Uh, Rom, I give it to you. No, no trivia. Come on, like cocaine straight from Bolivia, okay? And I realize that all of these environmental people, all these Antifa people, they're not respected because they have very tiny necks. Hmm. And I think that people respond to authority. You'll even see like leftists, you know, get intimidated by a cops. You know why? Thick necks. Larger than average necks. Thick necked cop. You got it. It's mm. so you, it's the neck strategy of authority. You'll never be taken seriously with a thin neck. Got to build up your neck. So everyone got to. I can sell neck injections. I'm just selling neck injections. Raise the shoulders up, and it, mm-hmm. so you can't tell the width of the neck. 
raise your shoulders up like this. Yes, can't exactly. See it. The listener can't see it, but I'm raising when my talking shoulders to people. up. Yeah, raise your shoulders up. Raise them. Raise, raise them. your shoulders. Hide. Improve your body language. Yes. They'll never guess the size of your neck. Yes. You could have any yes. neck. Yes, my neck is very thick, sir. No, my no, neck you, is gigantic. You cannot see. I have to wear very wide bow ties. I extremely my, wide yeah. bow ties. I have to go to a custom bow tie maker. Your neck is so thin that you probably wear one of those little noodle bow ties as a bow tie. <laughs> bro, bro, my neck is so big, I gotta have a whole trawling line. I gotta have, like, a gigantic Japanese fishing boat's worth of rope in order to get around this this big caboose of a neck. Mm, Japan. This big fucking round, cylindrical, veiny turd. The land that of is the rising sun, they say. Mm. The land of the rising sun, they say that. They do. Mm-hmm. They do say that. Uh, <laughs> they love me there what? in Japan. Because <laughs> of your big necks? Because yeah, <laughs> of my big, thick neck. A gigantic neck. They call you Neku-san. Mm-hmm. You go to Japan, and they're like, thank you, necks. Uh, uh, there you go, full uh, Arigato, Arigato, necks. sir. Within me is two men fighting. Is protesting good or is protesting bad? It's, you should really get that checked out. It's not normal to have two men inside two, you. Two I men think I, you might have parasitic triplets. No, there are two men, maybe three men inside me. <laughs> there are three men inside me There fighting. are three men inside me. <laughs> One in my mouth, one in my... Oh, no, never mind. Hold on. The- <laughs> one in my belly button, one in my navel, so that we can do a helicopter type thing. <laughs> oh, helicopter. Hell yeah. Or, uh, it's more like a stone mill. Imagine if you had a butthole that could spin around really <sighs> fast. The dream. Yeah. The dream. Well, that's why it was originally called Grinder, because okay. they were selling butthole mods <laughs> that turned your asshole into a garbage disposal. Uh, but they since just pivoted to a, a gay anonymous sex dating. Let's app. make a, a, a sequel. It's to, not always anonymous. Let's make a sequel to Teeth, but with gay men, and there's teeth in your butthole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's even worse because at least the vagina dentata, you know, at least the vagina looks like a mouth to some degree. Like a, an asshole with teeth will look like a fucking lamprey or it's a fucking leech. Anus. I don't den- like it. Anus dentatus. Oh, anus dentata. Oh no. No, it would have to be dentatus. <laughs> right, okay. because of the Latin. Do you know Latin? Jesus. <laughs> I'm not conjugating. I don't know it's my not, conjugation. It's not conjugating. That's for verbs. Declining it. Oh, my it. God. Oh, my freaking God. Oh. Anus <laughs> dentatus. Put fucking, I'll shred your dick in my in my tooth ass. We need to reinstitute ancient Latin and Greek at age of 10 in all schools. <laughs> this is You're why right. society is crumbling. Because nobody learns anything about grammar anymore. You know, mm. people just making up words left and right, making up words. You know how you know you're a fucking prep school fancy boy wow. when the th- joke you laugh at most in Life of Brian is the Roman uh, guard correcting yeah, Brian, correcting the graffiti. Yes, which I think is actually I laugh at that joke yeah. so fucking much. I think it's so fucking funny yeah. because Romani. it draws upon all their <laughs> Romani. Did I ever tell you my favorite joke that I ever wrote? Oh, yeah, no. Did you hear about the McDonald's at Auschwitz? No. Its motto was Arbeit macht fries. Huh. <laughs> I think that's yeah, funny. I made my dad laugh um, this week, last weekend, by because he was <laughs> he was putting glue traps all around his house because he's got mice. Right, right. He's got mice. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, 
Dad, you got Mauschwitz down there. <laughs> he, <laughs> and Mauschwitz set him up? Yeah, he started laughing really hard. <laughs> That's good. It's nice to make your dad laugh. Because, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard to relate to people from an older generation sometimes. Well, yeah. Uh, and so when you find common ground, it's precious. You know what's hard? Running with a running with an erection is hard. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the sound of running with an erection. Yeah. Uh, getting all slappy. Yeah, it slaps Get- all around. It sometimes goes like the wrong way, and you're like, "Ow!" Woo! <laughs> Gets cut you. So you might ask me, how how do I know this? You've been running with erections yeah, recently? that's what I do at nighttime. I go out 3 a.m., 4 a.m., naked, and um, hold up a porn magazine in front of my face. <laughs> Just run as fast as I can down the road. <laughs> my posture's completely perfect the entire time. Oh, my God. <laughs> problem is at uh, 4 30 a.m when you end it with a seth rogasm yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man i wish i could do a no touch orgasm that would be cool um i wonder if i've ever done that i don't think so <laughs> you don't think you've ever if I, have i ever done a no touch orgasm i've never even i've never even had a wet dream my my semen my semen control is the utmost. If you were like, if if our dicks had like uh, trading cards, like, and one of the stats was semen control, I would have like ten out of ten semen yeah, control. You got a nutsack that won't let go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hold on to them. Holding tight. on. T- yeah. I'm holding on to my boys. You know. <laughs> Can't let them leave the nest. I like the idea of having a protective vas deferens. Mm-hmm. Hey, look. There's a vas deferens between the penis and the testicles. Yeah. Look. <laughs> That's an old one. You, you, I know. You did that one years ago. I know. I think it's fun. I think I remember the time when you came up with that. I think you like ran I, to tell I'm me. I'm sure someone else has come. There's no way no. No, that you, someone you, else has not come you up You were with very that. excited about that, and you made... I, you either, like... <laughs> You covered a vast distance of ground to come tell me that when I think I remember. Like, Get home now! I have something to tell you. I cannot wait. It's good. Did you know there's a vast difference between the penis and the testicles? Uh, I I think uh, yeah, that's that is one. That is one of my good ones. I think my other favorite one that I've ever come up with is if meat is murder, then is cake battery. Cake. Cake. Battery? It's battery. Yeah. Because if meat is murder, yeah. then is cake battery? Why would cake be battery? Because meat is murder. Yeah, I know, but what does cake have to do with meat? It's because a me- murder is a type of crime and battery is a type of That's crime. That's not what I asked. <laughs> <laughs> I asked, how are cake and meat? Because it has to be. Because they're ty- two types of food, damn it! <laughs> yeah, but you don't eat them together. You can uh. if you want a taste sensation. <laughs> You've never had meat cake before. I get there's probably some kind of You've cake never with had, bacon on it. You never had chocolate steak before. There's chocolate covered steak. Sounds interesting. Fudge steak. What we have tonight? 
fudge steak. <laughs> What's on the menu tonight, Chef Joan? Fudge steak. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. forced feminization. I've been saying this for years. Yeah. The, I wish <laughs> the 5G conspiracy were real. It would just make everything so much better if we were all big titty bitches. The phone tower's making me grow titties. <laughs> <laughs> phone tower's making me grow bigger titties. I'm milking all the time. It's 5G milk. You drink the 5G milk, you become a Wi-Fi tower, which then makes more titty people. Titty people. Yeah. <laughs> we have On this planet, we have men and titty people. <laughs> It's like a the titty people wanted equality. This is a Star Trek episode from the from the. <laughs> but don't you understand? The titty people don't want to be called that. What no, you... they are quite comfortable with being the titty people. You... <laughs> the ethics of calling them the titty people. Uh, <laughs> uh man, yeah. City on the edge of the titty people. What do you think Bill Cosby thinks of all this? The thing about Harvey Weinstein is I believe it terribly because he is Jewish. And we all... Yeah, he was. We all know those men are swarthy and horny. Yeah. Man, Cosby's going to come out of prison based as fuck. Just going to be <laughs> red pill takes left and right. Man, he's going to... He's going to be the most racist person. He's going to be like, oh, I didn't, didn't used to do racist jokes. Now I'm going. <laughs> what do you mean racist? Like he's gonna, he's uh, he's going to just gonna come join, up and be like, Hotep, full on Hotep. He's oh, gonna he's going to get radicalized. Full, I don't think Hotep Cosby will not take. I would love Hotep Cosby. The white man was born. He was born in the land of Booboo Gajoob. <laughs> <laughs> In the corners of Cyprus, where Yakub and his assistant Flabby Borbadoop, <laughs> where they arranged to construct the white man out of leaves and jello pudding pops. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Hotep Cosby is a very funny idea. Oh, yeah, it's gonna happen. I would love Hotep Cosby. I guess I already alluded to it. It's his anti-Semitism. Hopefully Theo will never marry a Jewish girl. (laughs) You can fuck white women, but never marry. (laughs) Pants up, don't loot. Oh, I can see Alex in the background. He's not peeing, he's taking a bong hit. He's got that big lighter, like the big, big lighter, the handheld grill lighter for his bong. <coughs> oh, there he is. Act like I didn't say anything. I'm back. It's me, Fred Flintstein, the Yabba Dabba Jew. <laughs> <laughs> Wilma! Did, did Fred Flintstone ever beat Wilma? No. John Goodman did, though. <laughs> Whoa! <Yeah. laughs> John Goodman. Wilma, well, I swear to God! You made me do this, Wilma. <laughs> oh my God! It's just the really lighter. dark domestic abuse. Yeah. Pebbles cowering in the corner. Oh my God! Uh, uh, another movie I was not allowed to see. The Flintstones yeah, movie. Not allowed to see that. 
That movie is surprisingly racy. What with Halle Berry, you know, slinging her pussy at John Goodman yeah. and all. Well, I mean, I was not. I was allowed to watch Cary Grant and Fred Astaire. That's why I'm so warped. That's why you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Ooh, all of these attractive, closeted gay men my God. <laughs> forming wow. my youth oh, masculinity. Grant. Yeah, bringing up baby with the adopt of a cheetah. Cary Grant was, um, he was bisexual. He wasn't yes. full gay. And ha- Catherine Hepburn uh, was also bisexual. Catherine Hepburn was bisexual. Uh. They called me Kitty because I ate that kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Catherine Hepburn, just eating pussy all over the nation. <laughs> Cary Grant would love it. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. When I ate this pussy. No, he wouldn't. He'd be like, gross. I can't even do mm. the Mid-Atlantic Cary, Cary Grant. I wish I could. Mid-Atlantic Cary Grant. How did Cary Grant not sound? Like, not like know. the Dear Departed Sean Connery. Like Dear Departed Sean Connery. Also, Alex Trebek died today yeah. because... That, celebrity Jeopardy is dying. That, that SNL, uh, all the great SNL bits are dying. Burt Reynolds already died. Yeah. Norm- the SNL is dying. We're, we're seeing SNL in decline here. That is the true house of decline, is SNL. Oh, my God. I, I don't even... I used to sometimes try to watch some of their bits on YouTube. I just don't even care. Maybe when they reach their 50th season, it'll be... That's like when Lauren Michaels' Pact with the Devil will be up, and, you know, you'll see him get dragged down to hell live on stage. I hope so. Say, hypothetically, you were to create a painting, and you were to put a brushstroke here and a brushstroke there, and, oh, look, you've made a kettle. But it's not a kettle. It's just brushstrokes. It doesn't make any sense. It's not logical. The only still life that I like is still lives of Rubik's Cubes. Because that makes sense. It's logical. It's a puzzle that you have to solve. That is art. (laughs) Oh, man. I I like the idea of Ben Shapiro in art interacting. Because he's like, he is a technically skilled violinist. (laughs) Which is just, and so it's weird to see him, like, put passion or, like, see him make the expressions associated with musical passion when he's doing a piece. Because it's like, you don't seem to get things. You don't seem to get things on this level, Shapiro. Yeah. So, or like his sister singing opera, where it's like there is this maybe, I mean, his sister is even less technically accomplished than he is at the fucking, uh, at the violin. But yeah, there, there is this emptiness in it that, um, seems very evident to someone like me, but maybe that's just because I'm ascribing his personality onto it. But yeah, when you rail against the idea of pathos as, you know, just something that needs to be considered when you form your political or ideological or metaphysical worldview, and then you you play the fucking violin, it seems, I don't know, there, there seems to be a disconnect there, you know. But I guess some people just derive pleasure from playing instruments by the virtue of accomplishing something, and it doesn't get deeper than that. Here's one thing that I can say. What I think could be a useful and good policy goal. I've said it before. It's my one it's my one weird trick that I do think will save us all, but people think that VA is like a bullshit cabinet position, but I actually think it's the most important cabinet position for getting Americans attuned to the idea of government provided healthcare. Cuz if you argue with any right-wing person uh, on the internet, they will inevitably bring up the fact that I don't trust the government to provide health care because, you know, my cousin Joey got his legs blown off in mm-hmm. Afghanistan and they didn't do shit for him and now he's addicted to opium. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so 
a lot of Americans, a lot of Americans who we would want to convince as to the efficacy of government healthcare, their first experience with it is shitty because the VA is underfunded. I would say deliberately underfunded, uh, and it it is the fir- it is the front line of how people perceive healthcare in America. So fixing the VA, which could easily be like a bipartisan slam dunk, because every time someone says, is this communism you're doing? You can just counter, oh, what, you don't support the troops? You know? Um, you can use America's own patriotism against it in order to provide... I, once again, I'm dipping into the, what if we have nationalism and socialism at yes. the same time? Yes. Well, <laughs> of, course, of course, we'll need some more uh, injured troops for your plan to work. <laughs> <laughs> how how will we get these troops injured, you ask? Start a war with Venezuela. Mm-hmm. That- I did trepanning. I drilled a hole <laughs> into my brain and poured alcohol right onto that spot that does anxiety. And I don't yeah. feel it anymore. Now, I replaced that with horniness. I put... Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, smart. An intellectual horniness like this Richard Dawkins uh, uh, little clip I wanted to bring here. Take a, take a quick listen, see if you can hear this. Okay. Let's hear it. And so um, sexuality, too, can flower in the sorts of ways that, that, that literature and art fl- flower um, and emancipate itself from its evolutionary roots. And, of course, that's what's happened. Um, it fl- flowers. The sexuality fl- flowers. The, the sexuality blooms like the yonic flower of the, of the old gods... Uh, it shines in my face, mocking me. Why can't I have it? Why can't I have it? Why was I molested at prep school? Uh, it, have you actually? That's that. That is true. Have you ever seen Richard Dawkins' comments about you know just the general molestation that goes on at prep school? Is that why he stopped believing in God? Is that why? Uh, <laughs> no, I think he no because his comments were positive. I, oh, I think he's they, into they it. They went something along. Well, there, it was something along the lines of, there's nothing wrong with a little harmless touching up. You know, it's, you know, boys, you know, will be boys. It's just like, uh, you know, when you're on the high seas, you revert to sodomy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right. you, when, you're, when you're in a, a highfalutin prep school, and you're a Harry Potter all boys situation, you start fucking each other. Yeah, when you're trapped in a Russian rehab by your possessed daughter, you naturally start <laughs> making a relationship with the orderlies. Okay? <laughs> Look. Dimitri, I'll suck your dick if you can get me more benzos. Oh, Dimitri. Okay. Oh, how I pine for thee, Dimitri. <laughs> you have a soft, supple frame. It reminds me of when my wife wasn't so saggy. Oh, no, my dying wife. I'm so depressed, <laughs> I have to take tranquilizers. <laughs> I'm injecting tranquilizers directly into my eyeballs now. <laughs> This is the sound of the Peterson losing consciousness. Here, as I drift into dreamless sleep, will I find my absolution. Sleep now, Peterson. Sleep, gentle Peterson. Go into that good night. (laughs) So I listened to a bit of the podcast, the Peterson podcast, with Barry Weiss. Um, Barry Weiss. Boy, what a slog that was. So I ended, I quit listening when they started quibbling over systemic racism. Um, And Jordan Peterson doesn't like the word systemic. So his problem with (laughs) systemic racism is like, it's like the whole thing was set up with racism in mind. 
And so he's he, <laughs> so he he is saying that we shouldn't use the word systemic because it's not the central tenet of you know the founding of this country. We didn't found this country in order to be racist specifically. Before critical race theory, I did not consider that the Lion King may have had a racial element to it. Now I can't unsee it. Thank you. Yeah. So he would probably prefer calling it in. I mean, he probably wouldn't, but I mean, you can try to get around it by saying, okay, fine, endemic racism. You don't want to say sis- systemic. Why don't we say call it endemic racism everywhere all the time? Um, so, you That's know. That's very Jungian. You know, it's like in innate racism. It's not yeah. like it can't be a part of the system, it can only be a part of your individual or sexual desire. Like, you know, you, you're, you're mythologically motivated to do racism, and it's only on an individual level. So, yeah, we didn't, you know, or not we, I guess we, the founding father people didn't explicitly found America to do racism. They just, it was just something everyone already did, and that was baked yeah. in, and so Jordan Peterson doesn't like to use the word systemic. But uh, I, that's like a quibble. You know, that's not a yeah, real. That's a, that's semantics. That's the lamest type of philosophical argument. Yeah, but it, words change meaning all the time and they don't mean anything. I mean, it made Barry Weiss come immediately. Just, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is it hard for Barry Weiss to keep kosher when she's such a fucking little pig? Ooh. <laughs> well, we'll have to Squeal! edit that out. Um, <laughs> that's uh, that's what you're what you're doing is wrong. Uh, let me just say. What am I doing is wrong? I don't know. Um, is that misogynist? No, she's a fucking little piggy. Why don't we? She's a tiny little piggy. Why don't we try to explore the debate around enlightenment values only using dick jokes? Okay. Uh, the debate around <laughs> enlightenment values. What is the dick critique of pure reason? Um, I don't know. <laughs> is that enlightenment? <laughs> enlightenment is, that, is, what is like Kant? using reason to determine. Yeah, oh, Descartes. Oh, uh, I dick, therefore I am. Yeah. I think, therefore I dick. I think, therefore I uh, dick. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 That's what I there wanted. There you go. That's, Only dick jokes. That's I what dick, I wanted. I dick, therefore I balls. <laughs> <laughs> I, dick, I dick, therefore I balls. <laughs> stupid no that's what that's what i'm doing i'm trying to generate the the good free association jokes trying to generate the cum tent mm, a uh, little bit you've been you've been making you've been making a lot of uh sad patriot synth wave lately yeah n- nostalgia wave yeah nostalgia wave it's fun because i like playing with nostalgia politically oh. yeah yeah well we love we love the past we love to hearken back to a past that never existed or some mm-hmm. sort of grand state or the idea that things were better long ago. Right. I mean, to some degree, I wonder, yeah, you th- we, the show is House of Decline, but we still don't know if things are getting worse or not. Well, it's still hard to tell. One of the, so I read this essay by Christopher Lash called The Politics of Nostalgia, and one of the causes, he goes through di- what, maybe like three different potential causes of Mm -hmm. nostalgia um and one of the causes is an empire in decline decadence and decline is one of the possible Mm -hmm. reasons for an upsurge in nostalgia because you're you're hearkening back to a better age and um so you have like a form of nationalist nostalgia and since everything's in decline 
can serve like escapism. What I would say to that is the decadence and decline um, drives the nostalgia. It's the nostalgia isn't a symptom of the decadence and decline, but the decadence and decline uh, generates nostalgia because, like, look at Marvel or the fact that anything that has any sort of big media impression is previously held IP or a remake, and the fact that that's so much more prevalent than it was in uh, previous in previous times. Uh, so we're we're in this state of this constantly recycling. Uh, money because we're in this late stage capitalism where um, you have to make a safe bet each time. There's no you you have to. There's no way you can take a chance on anything because the fucking suits, the fucking suits say you got to make a profit each time, and the only way to do that safely is be by recycling IP. Yeah, and so may is that a symptom of decline? The idea that you're always just hearkening back to this. I don't think so. Uh, dollar. There, so this, the second type, the second sort of um, exa uh, example he talks about is we've had different periods of like sort of over, overwhelming nostalgia. Um, for example, in 1971, Time magazine asked how much nostalgia can America take? And it was this overwhelming wave of nostalgia in the 70s. And interestingly, he talks about how the 60s and the 50s were like made into this big nostalgic time even by like 1971 people were talking about the 60s as a thing as a time as an era um yeah so and he, he cites a couple of historians who basically were tracking that americans have always been nostalgic like the <laughs> whole time we're just a nostalgic people yeah. it's one theory which I find it it's it's nostalgia is serving something for our own emotional needs in this theory. It's it's making stuff that seems incoherent become coherent, providing continuity. But above all, it's it's like a soothing emotional pacifier in a way. Yeah. Well, I don't. There is like if you talk about nostalgia from the outset of the founding of America, I I think. What we don't really consider in America is how deeply indigenous culture is rooted in America. You know, the fact that uh, tons of cities are named after indigenous, like anglicized versions of indigenous names. And the anglicization of indigenous culture is is part of it. And I think the nostalgic, like when people first started settling in it, when white people first started settling in America, like tons of them defected to indigenous tribes. They, they, Harken back to that because, in a way, you're sort of nostalgic for that uh, less industrial, more in touch with the world uh, uh, hunter-gatherer lifestyle where, you know, you don't have to work as much and you don't have to pledge fealty to a cruel god. Uh, you know, a lot of that happened. And I think a lot of that idea of indigenous, uh, indigenous culture uh, beset with freedom uh, – wormed its way into this uh, anglicized version of that, which they they were hearkening back to this while simultaneously destroying it. Um, and then the founding fathers, you know, they came along and instantly they mm. developed a mythology. Like, within a year after they all died, they all became, you know, legends and gods and statues were made of them. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I mean, 
One of the other explanations of nostalgia is future shock, which is when mm -hmm. a society starts to transition due to advancements in technology. Um, mm -hmm. So that can be thought of as a cause. And when uh, America started being colonized, that was an element of future shock probably for indigenous people. It'd be interesting mm -hmm. to hear any perspectives on the concept of nostalgia among indigenous people in terms of before and after the the great apocalypse occurred. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I, I would be... Like, I wonder what it's like to also like a culture that seems, uh, you know, I like if I, I'm, I'm just spitballing here. I'm ignorant. So forgive any proclamations I make about indigenous culture. But uh, it, uh, a society that's more invested in ancestor worship, like which isn't just indigenous peoples like uh, in China, there's a lot more emphasis, you know, paid to like paying homage to your ancestors as opposed to our culture which sacrifices old people and like says forget your past we can move on um so you know i wonder what the idea of nostalgia is like from a culture that is all about your lineage and and uh seeing yourself as a continuity of that mm -hmm. is it necessary because when you say nostalgia it's sort of it has a negative connotation to it it's remembrance of the past, but in sort of this cloying, treacly way, yeah. in a way that's like not attainable. Uh, it's funny. Nostalgia used to be a medical term that someone yeah. someone would suffer from it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doctor. Well, you know, you used to suffer from the gay, and then now you suffered from uh, you suffered from liking Funko Pops too much. Uh, well, like, I would love to go to the doctor and be like, I have this like melancholic feeling about the past that i was that i never actually lived in can you help me mm -hmm. and they're like yeah that just what you got to do is put a poultice up your ass make you got to chew you got to chew some herbs that you find in the forest spit it into a bowl and then kind of rub your your hands together so it forms a long snake and then mm -hmm. put it in your ice box and once it's frozen sit on it Mm -hmm. Nostalgia cured. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I like the idea that like there are periods where mythologies build up and then there are sort of massive traumatic events that happen that make people fixate on the before time. Because mm -hmm. like you're talking about the 60s. And, like, uh, the gag of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is that the Manson murders is the thing that killed the 60s, right? Mm -hmm. It, like, killed the hippie dream because a bunch of idealistic young hippies went and murdered a bunch of people in the Hollywood Hills. And it made national news. And they had quoted the Beatles and, you know, it was just wrapped up with so much of the, uh, the zeitgeist uh, that it managed to kill that whole vibe. And so the 70s became this depression, cocaine-laced, you know, rem ha remember happy days? Remember Greece? You know, remember yeah, the 50s That was the a 60s, nostalgia you know? wave. Yeah. Which is the kind, of, then, the kind of music I'm trying to make now, the nostalgia wave. Yeah. It's very 70s. Well, uh, the music you're making sounds 80s, which is the uh, 80s-ish. I'm nostalgia-bending. But 80s was the build-up in America. Yeah, I'm nostalgia-bending. Yeah. It's a form of psychic uh, circuit, circuit bending, if you will. Forward, I it? think you know our show's a little bit more highbrow these days. I turn around, brown eye. Every now and then I have to fart. 
And I need to fart tonight. And I'm farting more than ever. That one? That one's great. <laughs> yeah. I and mean... I'm farting making you fart. <laughs> and I'm farting on your pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm <laughs> drinking all your fart juice. Once there was a time I tried to shit. But now I'm, I'm only, only firing, a flying a fart. Yes, yeah, now I'm only ripping I can a fart. Do. I told us there's lots of these dicks in my fart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, turn around, uh, brown turn eye. Around, turn around, brown, brown eye. eye. Uh, every now and then I have to fart. Is my magnum opus? I've written the last and only song parody I'll ever need to make a million dollars. <laughs> right? Turn around, yeah. You can be, you can be uh, one of those uh, shock jocks. You can be <laughs> one of those '90s radio shock jocks, like Man Cow. The Kingdom Heartsification of all media. The video game Kingdom Hearts is ultimately about an evil man trying to harness a dark power by destroying the boundaries that once separated disparate pieces of intellectual property. By using darkness, which in the game is basically a type of chaotic energy, the villain of the series, Xehanort, seeks to bridge worlds, collect the hearts of their inhabitants, and gain access to a supreme source of power so that he can make the world by his design. It is established from the very beginning of the first game that the opening of bridges between worlds destabilizes the universe at large, and the use of darkness in these worlds hollows them out and leaves them as empty husks. Knowing that these crossovers are harmful, we, the gamers, still want these worlds to be connected because that's why we bought this stupid fucking game in the first place. The perverse nerd boner of seeing Cloud from Final Fantasy VII talk sass to James Woods as Hades. We know our desire to see our IP interact is driving the larger universe to ruin, yet we persist in doing so because for some reason, people are innately attracted to pairings of different media properties. In Kingdom Hearts, they view this as friendship. But if we ignore Sora's foolish, non-materialist analysis, we can see it for what it really is. The joy of understanding references... Since Kingdom Hearts' extremely profitable debut in 2004, there has been an exponential escalation of gigantic orgiastic media crossover properties. Recent examples of this include Wreck-It Ralph 1 and 2, The Lego Movie and all subsequent Lego movies, The Emoji Movie, Fortnite, Ready Player One, the Marvel and DC Cinematic Universes, and the most recent example that sparked this episode, Space Jam A New Legacy, which despite eschewing rape skunk Pepe Le Pew, saw fit to include references to the droogs from A Clockwork Orange, a beloved Warner Brothers media property. I do not believe that the creators of these crossover properties know it, but I think their decisions were profoundly influenced by the success of Kingdom Hearts, showing that not only product synergy could be monetized, but could create this cult-like fan devotion. So yeah, another uh, inmate wanted to know if you wanted to switch with him. He's doing the soy mines. Uh, he's doing the soy he's mines. Doing he's the mining soy for mines. soy. Yeah. Just, just like a big, big pudgy, big pudgy blocks of soy you're mining out. All these things you have to mine for. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the problem with the soy mines is you inhale the phytoestrogens 
and your titties swiftly become too big to work in the mines, you know, you're growing to, and then you're on milk duty. Yeah. You know, cause cow <laughs> milk is bad, but we can make human milk. They're milking us all the time. What do they turn the human milk into? Um, they turn the human milk into oat milk. <laughs> bastards. Those bastards. Bastards. They found a way to turn animal matter into plant matter. If th- This is a neo-emotion I'm feeling. If there was only a neo-emotion to express how I could express See, I'm right over now. here thinking that the way you make oat milk is you take some organic oats and mix it with water from snowflakes, from melted snowflakes. Right, right, right. The most purest water. The purest water is from snowflakes, From melted snowflakes. Yeah, they tried to insult us with that, but we're taking it back. That's what they thought in their mind. You know, we're going to build a whole system powered off of snowflakes. Nuclear snowflake generators. We catch them in our snowflake nets. But no, we're going to go the, over um, the different types of penile conditions and diseases that you can get, because uh, there's quite okay. a few. Uh, some are serious medical emergencies, uh, but some are congenital, which they're present at birth and develop over time. So the first okay. one is uh, balanitis. 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 It's a penis disease. Yeah, it's inflammation of the glands, which is the head of the oh, penis. Oh, the glands. The glands, So you yeah. get a real big head. So if the foreskin is also inflamed, the condition is called balanopostitis. Balanopostitis. So the most common cause of balanitis is poor hygiene in uncircumcised males. So that's not going to apply to you and me. You got an expanding head. Yeah, we clean our dicks immaculately. Well, no, we're both circumcised. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, so there is a point to it. Well, we can't get balanitis. Thank you. Thank you, Jewish elders, for showing us the way. Uh, let's see. The The treatment is cutting off the entire penis. Wow. What? The only, that's the only way you can treat it. No. Yep. No. Yep. <laughs> no, you're, yep. you're exaggerating. And no. there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Uh, that's what the, I, I, maybe this is because this is like a feminist website. Every, I'm looking at. Every, Why is this a feminist? Ep, Epipatias, <laughs> hypopatias, penile cancer. For every single one, they're saying the solution is cut off the penis. It's. Uh, I think. You, I think you've stumbled upon the nullo, the nullo <laughs> website. I don't think the feminist would have. So priapism is a persistent erection that lasts for more than four hours, and the only treatment is cutting off the penis. Okay. That's hmm. that sounds drastic. A common cause of priapism is marijuana. Smoke too much weed, you you get uh, you get real hard. Is that true? For four uh, hours? I'm, I mean, I'm high all the time, and I'm just you know I'm hard all the time too. You know, <laughs> hard and high. That's what that's the old expression. You know, uh, hang them hard and hang them high. Uh, How do you like walk around? Uh, with an erection. <laughs> but doesn't that hurt? <laughs> Uh, not when you get used to it, and it's good. You're like an ordinal point. Maybe you, know? <laughs> you have a you have a billowy billowy pants. Yeah, I, I have billowy pants, so you know I, I'm like uh, <laughs> it looks like the flag of Nepal the way that I've got it arranged. It's beautiful. Uh, uh, sorry to our Nepalese fans. Uh, no, my penis isn't that big. If anything, it would just be it'd just be uh, the some sort of semaphore flag or naval flag that i would be sporting you know not not the not the majestic flag of 
the wonderful nation of Nepal. So some of the other penis conditions are like your your urethra doesn't go out the the hole, and instead it like curves up, and so you have like kind of Ooh. a blowhole situation. You got a curvy urethra. You got a you got a spout. Yeah. So you got like the pee goes like up in a different direction than you were expecting. You hit yourself in the face. Well, that that seems like easy enough to correct if it's soft. You know, you just you just bend it a little, you know, and, and point the spout down towards the yeah. toilet. But, I, you know, everyone knows everyone knows the horrors of morning wood. You know, you're trying to pee and you got a boner and you're trying to angle your boner down and it's pointless. And it's, you got to get at a weird angle. You have to straddle the toilet. You have to go. <laughs> yeah. um, you have so to start, start doing deep knee thrusts on, on the toilet. Epispati, epispatius or epispatius, the weird. Epispatius. There's two surgical techniques, and they are called the modified Cantwell technique. The modified and, Cantwell And the Mitchell technique. <laughs> the it's the Mitchell, my God, the Mitchell technique. The Mitchell That's technique. great. I a really love, mundane name plus I would a technique. Love for that to be my question in med school, what is the difference between the modified Cantwell technique and the Mitchell technique? Yeah. And because you've read this penis web page, you've never studied a medical book, but you slumdog millionaire it because you remember this penis web page. Yeah, this is a great penis webpage. Um, ooh, the pictures are scary. Uh, so fucking, what, another development in the story that was really funny is the person that designed her dress, who AOC touted as an immigrant designer, when she's an immigrant from Canada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just very funny. Yes, so uh, it counts. It counts. But it, it also turns out she does a lot of uh, tax cheating and wage theft. You, you know uh, what you should a, do that would be funny? You should get you get a, a nice thick tan. Put a little no. put a little put a little stank on your accent. No, no. <laughs> put a little aquafina. Just to do a little aquafina. Cross down the border down here. Hang out by the Home Depot. <laughs> no. Wrong Steve. No. 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 Wrong. <laughs> I'll come pick you up and put no. you in the back of my truck, and you can you can do my roof. What? I would be the worst day laborer of all time. I would I would just die on your roof from heat stroke immediately. Yeah, not and tough. I call ice and be like, I don't know how it got. Up there. There's this white guy with, with shoe polish on. What is he? Your spray tan is, is like uh, is is washing off your dead body in the rain. Uh, yeah, this is a uh, no. This line of this line of joking about for some reason me who just deciding to impersonate a, a brown person in order for you to have your your jollies. Your jollies. But you'd be, it'd be funny because then they'd be like, are you an illegal immigrant? And you'd be like, yes, but Canadian. I'm, I'm Canadian, but <laughs> I'm, I'm racist. I'm a racist Canadian and we're Canadian. having fun right now. I'm just racist. You're racist. Yeah. No, you got to turn it around on them. Yeah. You, it's like, yeah you're you're the, this is this is our traditional dress in Canada. Like, oh, is, just this, because this I'm tan tr- and I was our, also kind of doing an accent that would indicate... <laughs> <laughs> what about me doing this accent? I'm racist, Holmes. Come on, Holmes. 
What about me doing his exit? It's, it's two Hispanic cops, you know, <laughs> I'm going to Officer Jimenez. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, I'm, a, I'm an illegal immigrant from Canada, man. <laughs> Across the border. Okay. I knew you would see how funny it was if you just. I gave see. It. I'm seeing the comedy potential, but but because I would cross the border at Detroit too, yeah. so there's this yeah. extra weird. Dimension. Do it in the middle of winter. <laughs> just roofing in the middle of winter. You slip and fall. This is fall. how Canadians do it, man. <laughs> we roof in winter while being racist. To Mexican people, okay? Or, or any Central American. I mean, you any know, Central America. It's wow, always Marlin. one thing that pisses me off is when there's these Americans who don't bother to differentiate, you know? Mm. At least learn the names of other countries besides America and Mexico. And yet here we are doing it the old fashioned way. Doing it, the, we're making it with our hands, like our daddies used to jack off with. Mm hmm. <laughs> now we use like have you ever hollowed out a cucumber yeah yeah so to, that brings to me, to my, you mean. to my number five so we're going to count down in order count down, my number yeah. five road trip snack and that is a cucumber a cucumber unexpected you think because usually people choose chips something salty something fatty mm -hmm. something chocolatey mm -hmm. you know why why are you attracted to the humble cucumber well uh you need to peel it and that's yeah. a very fun thing to do while driving because um, it takes both hands. Yeah. yeah. Drive with your knees while peeling a cucumber. It's something all of us have done. And you can just throw the peel out the window. You're, you're right. And you can throw it into someone's visor. You know, if someone's right. getting too edgy with you on the road, you throw it into their windshield. They lose sight of what they're doing. They cause a crash. You don't get blamed for it. It's their cucumber now. Yeah, so my cucumber, cucumber is a number five uh, road snack. Uh, what about you? What's your number five? Um, my number five would have to be uh, teriyaki style jerky. Yeah, you have you have your little meat chips. Yeah, have your little meat chips that you can you can uh, get in your face and you know get really dehydrated from and feel like you need water constantly. And then you have to pee. Then you have to mm -hmm. pee in your Gatorade bottle because you're on one of those interstates where the the rest stops are 70 miles in between rest stops. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then you got to throw that pee bottle at somebody's windshield. They crash. They cause a 14 car pile up. Not your problem. That's behind It's their you. pee bottle now. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, <laughs> that's what a great phrase. I can already <laughs> see where this bit is going. Um, yeah. My number four road snack is mayonnaise packets. Mayonnaise packets, just suck them down. Suck them down. Sucking them down. Yeah. Take that packet, throw it out, the, throw it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fourteen car pile up. That's Not their, your problem. That's their mayonnaise packet now. Not your problem anymore. Um, number four for me. Number four uh, for me has got to be good old fashioned gorp. Gorp, which is good old fashioned, good old raisins and peanuts. You know. Oh, oh it's okay. Gorp. It's an acronym for raisins and peanuts. It's for good old raisins and peanuts. Good old. Uh, so they're old. They're, yes, they're aged raisins. Like, you know how like wine gets better as you age it? Raisins and peanuts get better as you age them. Because mm -hmm. uh, they, they ferment in special ways. And so there's special oxidants. They're the oxidants <laughs> that occur naturally within the fruits. You, you mean the antioxidants. 
No, no. <laughs> people mix them up all the time. Okay. These are these are the oxidants. You want you want to be oxidized. <laughs> you want to be oxidized. People aren't getting enough oxygen. People don't breathe right. They they don't do yoga well, breathing. That's not what oxid oxidization is, man. Um, oxid oxidation. <laughs> that's when like uh, your cells get all corroded, and so you get cancer. I, I think you you don't know what you're talking about. You, uh, you've been you've been brainwashed by big big raisin. Okay. You, they want to tell you that they want to tell you they want to control your mind. But I I eat them with peanuts. That's how you counteract the mind control effects. Well, my number three uh, road snack is a can of black beans. A can of black beans. Yeah. And it's 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 unopened, right? <laughs> oh yeah, it's unopened. <laughs> you got to eat it with the metal. No, you op- I what? You don't have a can opener in your car? Uh, uh uh where's your can opener located? Well, I see, I used to have one of those manual can openers that you get yeah. uh but I went on pimp my ride and I said that the only thing I really wanted in my ride was an automatic electric can opener that I wouldn't have to bring with me and exhibit said that he, something he said some kind of like oh you like beans in your car? dog I, yeah uh, you know what you know what he says yeah he, he was doing the meme he was doing the meme about the guy from cars too right so he put a can automatic can opener in my car and then he also right. did like a huge neon sign that said bean car which i bean, promptly took bean off. car yeah, yeah yeah exactly i promptly took off because i was i have to drive through some pretty sketchy parts of town and it's always yeah. getting pulled over by the cops yeah and you're always causing those 14 car pileups, and it's very easy to locate the bean car. You know, everybody, everybody knows. <laughs> well, I saw me. it. The guy in the bean car, he caused it. Yeah. Oh, we know that guy. But uh, you would never throw the can of beans out the window because they're far too precious to you. You know. Well, not a full can of beans, but maybe like a half can. Okay, so you don't fetishize the can. You're not a can fetishizer. No, I don't fuck the can after I'm done. <laughs> Whoa. Don't kink shame. Don't kink shame me, rutting around my banging around my penis in a can and producing this noise. That's what I do. That's what I do all the time. I just bang my penis. You know, bang it around in a can like this. Uh, I'm doing that right now. That's what you're hearing right now. My penis has a. There's a hard part on top. Oh, like a, hel- a little helmet. Little helmet. They call it helmet head, but mine literally it's calcified. It's funny Don't get me started on that. Yours is shaped like the Wehrmacht helmet. It is shaped like the Wehrmacht helmet. The the bone it ossified in such a way as to create a flared ridge. Yeah. Uh, not like the penile flared ridge, but like uh, the Third Reich uh, helmet flared ridge. That's uh, unfortunate but comical. Unfortunate, unfortunate but comical. Uh, and that leads me to my number three road snack: calcium chews. Hmm. Like Tums or you mean? Uh, yeah, uh, Tums, it can be antacid tablets or just getting your calcium in for the day. You know, you want to feel like your bones are strong. Mm-hmm. You want to be in your car and you want to feel like your skeleton is getting stronger. So that if, you know, if you've ever, if you're ever somehow, your flesh magically melts off, but you're still sentient and you can move your skeleton around, you know, you'll have you'll have the goods to deal with any enemies that might cross your path. I eat a lot of Tums. The doctor tells me I shouldn't. Yeah, it's uh, you get. Uh, I think it it ends up being corrosive. What's your number two snack? My number two snack. This has been a really tough one. Um, 
but I'm going to go with Jolly Ranchers. Jolly Ranchers. Beautiful. Suck suck them down. Yeah. Just like mayonnaise. That's I don't, what they say. I crunch them up, you know? You cr- you're, a, you're a Jolly Cruncher? I crunch them right up. I don't, I don't waste any time. Um, you're cranching them? Yeah. I'm cranching them. That's what they say. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, my least favorite flavor, though, is grape. I throw those right out the window, and they hit somebody's windshield. Lame. And that's cause a 14-car pileup. 14-car pileup, you know, it's another, just another, put another, put it on the tab, you say. And the tab, by which you mean your thousands of vehicular manslaughter charges. Right, but that's that guy's problem, you know? Yeah, it's, you know, that guy. What's funny is that it's the bean car that's liable. You're not actually liable. Right. We live in that one state, um, the car fault state, where the car it's not, fault state, it's not yeah. your fault, it's the car's fault. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love, I love it. I love it. I thank you to, for, thank you, Governor. Thank you, Governor uh, Hansfeld, who's, who is the, uh, the German clone of Jerry Seinfeld, Jerry <laughs> Hansfeld. You ever, uh, wait, can't, God. You ever notice how? I can't, I can't do German. <laughs> Did you ever notice how that on the plane you don't get very good snacks? You would expect the plane, you know, a professional company to have good snacks, but they don't oftentimes. Often the snacks are not in the correct order. The snacks are not in the order. Do you know when you... Do you know when you want to put things in order and they are not in order? Jerry Hansfeld, everybody. It was a mistake to it was a mistake to try and do a German Jerry Seinfeld. Number two snack for me, matzah. Mmm. Matzah. Speaking of mistakes by the Jews, uh, uh, I love it. It's like a little cracker. Yeah, it's a very dry, plain snack. <laughs> That's why you gotta put some haroset on it. You gotta put some haroset. Gotta put it's some horseradish. Mm-hmm. No, haroset is that apple mixture that I hate. No, that's gross. Oh, you hate you gotta that? Gotta put horseradish on it. Yeah, I don't uh-huh. like haroset. It's too sweet. It's too goddamn sweet. Don't like it. Just like Manischewitz one. Jewish cooking bends towards the sweet sometimes. And yeah, well, that's because you're all such nice boys, and yeah, and the well, mothers. Well, nice guys. The mothers want like to Harvey make, Weinstein. We want the mothers want to make Hoffman. the nice boys some very sweet good food. You gotta make some sweet good food for the nice boys. Yeah. That's what they say. And, uh, uh, you know, and your earliest memory, you're a little Jewish baby. You're crying. You're just wailing out. The world is nothing but pain and confusion. And your beautiful Jewish mother shoves a big old piece of matzah in your mouth. And you go, this Jewish baby is very satisfied. And that's exactly what happened to me. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I honor her memory by eating matzah in the car. Well, it's time for my number one all-time favorite snack to have on the road. Yeah. And it is kimchi. Yes. 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 <laughs> it stinks so good. It stinks so fucking good. <laughs> you know, ruin the, the stinkier, the better, you know. You spill that on your cloth seats, the smell yeah. is never coming out. You don't even need to throw that shit out your car. The smell interrupts someone else's car. They go, What? What's going on? They're confused. They think they're dying. Yeah. The 14 kimchi, car pileup, not your problem. The kimchi bottle is the one piece of garbage I will not throw out of my car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it smells too bad. It smells too bad. You, you, you huff it. You huff it sometimes. 
I often I open it up and my passenger freaks out. They think that the car's about to explode. They, you know, like is, yeah. I think there's gas in the car, which yeah, reminds and they me, don't. Which reminds <laughs> me of a road trip I took with a friend of ours. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe I'll name him uh, a certain a certain man, a certain tall man. I won't name him. I, name <laughs> I, I know him who you're talking about. Man. I know exactly who you're talking tall about. Man who yeah. was driving us on mushrooms, and we didn't, we didn't know. <laughs> yeah, about don't it. use his name. We didn't know about it in, until we got there. But he was tripping pretty hard on mushrooms, driving us very quickly, and the entire car smelled like gasoline. And just the whole time, he was like, "Yeah, I gotta fix that." Yep. Oh, I was like. Is this car about to explode? He's like, maybe. It was a good time. It sounds like a good time. And that brings me to my number one road snack. Gasoline. (laughs) The car drinks it. You drink it. You're in simpatico. You're vibing with it. It's like, you know, you you remember in fucking uh, Pacific Rim where they had to use the power of friendship in order to uh, make the machines run well, right? Uh, Is that a a sci-fi movie? It's a sci-fi movie uh, directed by Jerry Hansfeld. Uh, you know, that was his directorial debut with Pacific Rim. Is that the you one know, where he, they go underground and there's underground tunnels connecting everything in Earth? Uh, it's Yeah, it's the one where Jerry Hansfeld uses his comedy to save everybody in a giant comedy robot. You know, okay. it was a real... And there's, there's underground tunnels connecting everything. And he uses these tunnels because tunnels are funny, right? You know. Yeah. Well, my question for you is: these days, what was the price of gasoline? I mean, how the do price you? Get, I. How, how you, it's crazy. How do you get your snack? <laughs> how do I get my snack on when the price is so high? The answer is, I make my own. Got to make your own at home, you know. Oh. Canada to Detroit is still a like a horrifying bus ride. Eight hours, it's not that bad. That's pretty bad, dude. I wouldn't be on Toronto. a bus for eight hours. Oh, there's lots of stuff you can do. Jack off, Nintendo Switch, jack off on your Nintendo Switch, clean your cum off of the Nintendo Switch, You'd have explain to... to the guy next to you why you're jacking off on your Nintendo Switch. I mean, he would be jacking off on your Nintendo Switch, too. Oh, yeah, because you'd get him into it. He'd be like, oh, man. You can do that? And I'm like, yeah, you didn't know you could do this on buses? And he was like, no, I thought that was uh, forbidden. And you're like, man, man, free your mind, man. Shackles. Um, all right, I'm all out of bits, so. You're all out of bits? You don't want to You don't want to talk about jacking off anymore? I mean, that one was like a bonus bit. <laughs> sure. I have, I have bits. I have, what if we made... The worst leftist Twitch channel called Left Revel Coolshin. Uh, oof. okay. I could it's be down with that. It's the worst leftist Twitch channel, Left Revel Coolshin. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that that because of the way <laughs> you know culture is these days, yeah. that would probably make us billions of dollars. You think those dumbasses will just become a bunch of Hassans? We'll become hype beasts. Yeah, we'll have on Grimes. Hassan's catching a lot of heat for having on Grimes. Really? When did he have on Grimes? <laughs> I don't know. A while ago, a bit ago. But uh, I don't know. I can't. I can't blame the guy. If if Grimes wanted to do our show, I'd be like, "Come on, you weird lady! <laughs> <laughs> you did some funny stuff." Wow, man. I would. I mean, I would probably throw up if Grimes was on this show. Yeah, you'd throw up just, just from being. Up. 
Just like nervous around a famous lady. Uh, famous ladies make me throw up. Famous ladies. <laughs> I was once around Sarah Jessica Parker, and let me tell you, she is very pretty. Whatever they say that she looks like on screen, it's not true. In real life, you see her, she's magnanimous, she glows. I met her outside of a Wooster Group show. She was sharing a joint with Adam Shankman. And this is a real New York story. These are real New York stories that happen every day. You know, this is, this is me, uh, Charlie Sunshine. And I'm here, I'm here with uh, my, uh, my co-host, Stephen Montgomery, and share some real New York stories, you know? Hmm. Talking about Brooklyn, the Bronx, Manhattan, gay Manhattan, gay the Bronx, gay Brooklyn, and all the rest. You know, Stephen Montgomery, do you have any stories about, do you have any real New York stories? Is that me? I'm sorry. I was yeah, you're Steve, you're Stephen Montgomery in this. Uh, you're Stephen Montgomery in this situation. I was reading a Yahoo News article uh, about <laughs> about New York stories. Was it, was it about New Dis York stories? Disturbing claims of torture and sexual abuse at the trial of a New York cult leader. Oh wow! Let's well well let's read away. These are some true New York stories, Stephen Montgomery. Um. So Lawrence Larry Ray. <laughs> It's a great name. Starting um, off already great. LL Ray. He spent years psychologically manipulating and abusing college students who were roommates of his own daughter at the prestigious liberal arts college Sarah Lawrence. <laughs> Jeez. This is not funny. This no. is not funny. This there's a funny thing though. What there's is funny? Funny one funny part in the article. <laughs> Okay, yeah, what's, what's the funny part? So the person he was abusing alleged Ray tortured her for hours, suffocating her with a plastic bag after binding her to a hotel chair. At one point, she said, he stopped to have burgers and fries. <laughs> okay, I see. I see what you mean. Americans, man. Uh, Amerifat eat burger. Marifat eat burger. Even the serial killers are hams. That sucks. Even, our, even the our, serial killers. This country are sucks. Every there's no place in it that doesn't suck, and I stand by that. It really feels like that aliens control our society and they're just fattening us up to be mm -hmm. to because they eat us. Yeah, or maybe maybe they like they they survive off arthritis or something like that. They survive off of joint pain. <laughs> We are the myalgians. <laughs> we we need much myalgia in the atmosphere. You are going to take swigs of maple syrup and it will make your knees hurt. Yeah. I actually do that. I take swigs of maple syrup like it's like it's whiskey. Do you? Yeah, contributing to my self-glazing. Contributing to the self-glazing well, process. Maple syrup grows on trees up in Canada, so... It's good. Yeah, it's good for you. Yeah. Uh, it's the best type of syrup. Are there other Do types? You... I guess there's simple syrup. Yeah, there's simple syrup. Yeah. It has simple syrup. <laughs> Back in my drinking days, I was, it was always in high demand. Yeah. I like the idea of complicated syrup. Mm. And it's just, you know, it has relationship problems, you know, it's got a it's got a kid who it doesn't see is estranged from. Man, this syrup is really complicated. Or it has the plot of some sort of strange anime. It's hard to know what's real. Probably everything is lies. 
and we won't know until Adam Curtis explains it to us. Yeah, Adam Curtis. In the end, Adam Curtis will explain everything to us. But something unexpected happened. What we didn't understand was that Vladimir Putin wanted something more than legacy. What he wanted was every beanie baby. He had long since discovered the magic and beauty of these miraculous little toys. But what he didn't realize was how prohibitively expensive the hobby was. He had empowered oil oligarchs in order to gain the funds necessary to purchase the very rare holiday sweet sweet bear. But he knew this would not be enough. And so, in this effort, he consolidated his troops on the border of the Donetsk and launched an attack which would be known as the Beanie Offensive. There's only one dream that I keep having in the last two years, and it's I get to heaven and what heaven is, but it's the gates of heaven, but it's not the pearly gates. It's not the golden gates like St. Peter. It's a gigantic airplane hangar that stretches as far as the eye can see, and it's um, little turnstiles with little booths manned by uh, angel, little angel guys with... uh, and you can't really see their faces. It's a dream, so their faces are always moving around and shit. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing is I get to heaven. I know implicitly that I'm dead and I've gone to heaven. I am Bart Simpson. I am with and I am with my family. I'm with the family, the Simpsons. And you know, I'm Bart Simpson in the dream. I think like Bart Simpson. I'm having his I'm having his desires and thoughts process. So what does Bart Simpson do? When he sees a turnstile and he sees a big line in front of him and he sees this big bureaucracy, he skips the line. That's what Bart does. You know, I wouldn't do that if I were me in the dream. You know, I'd probably like wait in line and meet all the cool characters in heaven. Because here's the thing, because it's heaven for the entire universe, too. Um, Like a bunch of weird aliens are there, you know, a bunch of freaky, like fucked up guys with like vagina hands are there. And they're, you know, talking in weird voices, but they're friendly because, you know, they they know implicitly they're in the afterlife and they're at peace now. But Bart Simpson and his anarchic energy, you'd think Bart would be in hell, but no, it's actually a pretty lean universe. The problem is there's a big bureaucracy, though. There's a big backlog, you know, you got to get people through. So I'm Bart. I'm running through heaven and they phone the heaven cops on me. So now I'm chasing the heaven cops. And what heaven is, is uh, once you get past the hangar area, it's this M.C. Escher-like, just unnavigable office building of doors, but there are outside parts as well. It's a little like Elden Ring in a lot of ways. And I'm opening doors and I'm seeing a bunch of like weird guys. Oh, this is the Schmorp room. And a bunch of Schmorps are like really fucking each other because it's heaven and everybody's fucking all the time because, you know, that's heaven for a lot of people. And, you know, I'm Bart, so I'm going, whoa, man. Well, and, you know, the dream always ends with, you know, uh, the heaven cops catching me. And uh, I don't know what happens after that. But that's uh, that's my dream. That's the one dream that I've had consistently. Over and over the years. And that's not a bit at all. I didn't just make up all of that. I'd have to be some sort of improvisational genius. 